Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Well, you know, fatherhood is one of the most challenging yet profoundly fulfilling jobs that there is. You know, it's common that on the outside, dads portray that they are fine. However, on the inside, many silently carry the weight of worries and acute stresses as they balance family life and the commitments to their jobs and to work. And everybody knows that sleepless nights and ongoing sleep deprivation is a horrible experience. And we have to be mindful that they sort of go go through that and experience that all, all while wanting to fiercely you know, be strong uh, for their family as the backbone. Now, if uh, you're a dad and you can relate to this and you would like some helpful tips and advice, then today is your day. To help uh, speak about this, we welcome our special guests, not one, but two. So we're super lucky, Amelia Walker and Chris Barnes from the Gidget Foundation, who will both share tips on how new dads can improve their work-life balance. So just a little bit about our guests. Chris Barnes is a clinical psychologist and has been in private practice for over 25 years and is an expert and thought leader. And amongst an extensive um, sort of list of industry experience, Chris enjoys raising awareness of parental emotional well-being in the community. And Amelia Walker is a program clinician and registered counsellor with 12 years of clinical management experience. Um, over here and also in London. So thank you both for joining us. How are you? We're doing really well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us today. And I just uh, wanted to acknowledge as a disclaimer, of course, during this interview today, we use the term dads and father broadly as we acknowledge and support the the broad spectrum that includes all co-parents and rainbow families. So I just wanted to, to put that out there. But you know, on, on a light note, um, to start with, you know, dads bring a lot of humour, fun and silliness and just lightheartedness to parenting, which is something that we, we're always extremely grateful for um, and it's something always great to be around. But, you know, always with the best intentions to be the best dad that they can be, it's underneath, I guess, that armour of strength that it's common that a lot of dads, it's heartbreaking but they are stressed out and they're burnt out and they are in need of encouragement and support so I just love to to ask you initially you know what has been your experience and exposure to to that situation I think it's a really common experience if I can speak for both of us especially at Gidget um one in ten dads in Australia have some form of um depression and anxiety related to the perinatal period which is sort of in the lead up to pregnancy, pregnancy, and then the first year after um, the baby is born. So it's really common. We know that dads um, are taking on such a different role now than they used to as well and taking on a lot more responsibilities and a lot of other factors that we'll talk about today. But it really is hard. It's hard to juggle it all. Um, And I don't even know if there is such a thing as balance. I think that when you're a new parent, the balance is is vastly weighted towards just keeping the family going and maybe looking after babies and things. So mm. Mm. I read something the other day that I found so powerful and it said that more that we speak about an issue, the more it normalizes it for somebody else. 
And um, I'm really grateful that you've just acknowledged that this is common, but it's just probably not spoken about enough. So I'm really grateful to be having this conversation today in support of, of all dads. Um, and the more we support the dads, the, the better off the family are as, as a unit overall as well. But, you know, many do carry the burden of money worries as a breadwinner um, of the family and, of course, balancing just work commitments because understanding that, that you know, jobs don't always and businesses are empathetic, but the, the workload and the stress at, at, at work isn't necessarily always going to go away. So I just wanted to, on that particular topic, um, see if you could just maybe expand and and with any insight that, that, that you have into the challenges that they experience in, in, that, in that scenario. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. Um, you know, I think there is a lot more flexibility with work at the moment, particularly since COVID. Um, and while that can be a really positive thing, um, it can also bring unexpected pressures because um, there is now an expectation that if we can work from home, we can do more and we can work longer hours. Um, we know that, for example, some of our mums are staying in employment longer um, into um, much closer up to, to giving birth than they used to yeah. um, because they can, they can do it from home. Um, and so for dads as well, it's, you know, really important to be able to set some boundaries when you're working from home or with that flexibility of hours, how do we maintain boundaries? At what point do we switch off from work and switch back into our parenting role? Mm. You know, overall, in this whole topic, I'd love to understand and to get your opinion on, like, do you think that dads are just sometimes far too hard on themselves at all? Well, I think in general, parents seem to have more expectations and more pressures to do a fabulous, you know, job. And, and I think that's often not realistic and we all make mistakes and we have this um, sort of concept that came from the 60s from a John Bowlby, who was like an attachment sort of theorist, talked about being a good enough parent. And I think that's the main thing for us into a Gidget Foundation, what we try and do is saying you will make mistakes and you won't always be attuned to what your child is doing. But if you can do it 30, 40% of the time, then that's probably enough, hopefully, to raise healthy, functioning children. Um, so I don't think you can do it all. And I think there's a big stigma. You talked a little bit before, Rachel. Like it's hard for men to talk about emotional difficulties. And I think that men, there's this thing about being masculine and toughing it out that yep. we see a lot with dads. And um, we actually see it as a sign of strength if they can talk to someone about how they're feeling as opposed to like a weakness. Yes. You know, we know that if we can help them as early as possible, then they might enjoy this parenting experience a little bit more than they may potentially yes. if it's not addressed, if some of the, the worries and concerns they have are not sort of dealt with. Yeah. And and on this, you know, mental health, as we know, has been overlooked for far, far too many years. And thankfully the topic now is on the table for discussion without prejudice. Um, so, I mean, have you experienced dads being a little bit more open to receiving help and support through the, the Gidget Foundation? Certainly the um, the numbers of um, dads accessing our service and um, other, you know, supports um, have been reaching out to us and we've been able to support them as well. So it's not just mums. We have a lot of dads on our books, um, which is a really positive sign that people are feeling more like they can reach out and also just maybe a raised awareness of what mental health challenges look like and feel like so um, you know often men will come to us maybe six months 
um, postpartum, I mm. think is the average. Mm. Um, and often with physical symptoms like headaches or chest pains, that will that's maybe what takes them to the GP in the first place. But we have an understanding, obviously, that often those symptoms in conjunction with some others may be... Um, maybe an indication that that person is experiencing anxiety or depression. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting what brings dads to us um, because it is often physical symptoms. But um, I think more and more um, as conversation opens up, they are potentially going to be able to reach out sooner. Hopefully, yeah, I think we're just research saying. is changing. Oh, sorry. sorry no, you, you continue, absolutely. Yeah, go. <laughs> say research, research is changing too. And, you know, I think dads really did not get much of a look in in terms of the parenting experience and how it was for them, largely because the women were doing most of it, really. Mm. Um, now we know they're more involved than ever before. So I think that there's more research around how it impacts on them and then what they can do to sort of get through, do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And what, yeah, what I was just going to say before, as um, we were saying that the more we talk about it, the more it normalises for other people. And hopefully this discussion today will open up some doors for, for many dads um, out there as well. Now, I just wanted to acknowledge we published your article titled Improving Your Work-Life Balance as a New Dad. Now, mm. if hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what it's about and, of course, what inspired you to write it? So this article is um, sort of in keeping with a lot of the tip sheets that we have on our Gidget Foundation website. We have a lot of tip sheets about how to manage all sorts of different things in parenthood. And this one was targeted um, more for dads mm -hmm. and the sort of way that they can get through and some tips to get through life when the juggle is real. Um, and I think that they're balancing work commitments, family, and often their own needs just get put to the side because they are desperately trying to support their partner's um, with this new little arrival of a baby. And like Amelia was saying, their physical health goes down. They don't get the time to, you know, get some time out, maybe do as much exercise as they used to or eat as well. They might be rushing home from work to sort of, you know, help their partner with the baby. So there's a lot of reasons why, you know, it, it's it's hard and we know that it's hard and we know that men's roles have changed recently and they're more involved than ever before in a lot of different ways. But so I guess that, some of the sorry, I mean, go how, on. On, that, on that topic then, how has a father's role changed then in recent years? I'd love to, to get your insight into that. Yeah, so look, it's no longer like the traditional male breadwinner disciplinarian in the family. They can be single, they can be married, they can be a stay-at-home dad, they can be gay or straight or, you know, adoptive parents or step-parents or some dads are getting... Um, you know, surrogates, so so same-sex parents can have families too. So the dynamic and the, and the sort of um, makeup of families is changing ever before. So with that, we have dads more involved in, you know, hospital visits and pregnancy planning and they might be at home more, and I especially especially last year because of COVID, you know, often the, the dads, fathers, partners were home a lot more. You know, so as a result of that, they were thrown into what their partners might be dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis and a lot more involved. And there has research that has come out of that, that the dads actually want to stay, you know, not all of them, but some of them loved that immersement in the family life and got to know their child better and maybe some of the attachment stuff was going better than they anticipated from rather than being absent for 10 hours a day, they were home. <clears throat> so... There's lots of um, changes in, in men's roles. And I think in the sort of office business environment, 
companies are becoming more aware of the importance of parental leave mm. um, and offering that to dads. There's still not a big take-up with that, interestingly, mm-hmm. um, and I hope that that sort of changes. Um, we have a friend actually who works at one of the unis in Sydney and he's just been given six-month paid wow. um, parental leave. I mean, what a fabulous policy wow. that is. So it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And it really sort of then opens up also this sort of idea that we should, you know, as couples be having um, conversations about who who is going to be the primary carer because we know mm. a lot of women want to are on a trajectory with their career and that's really important to them. And a lot of fathers do have these opportunities mm. to be paid staying at home to um, or to or or may indeed wish to just become the primary carer with unpaid that unpaid work um, that's so crucial. So having that conversation as early in the piece as nature allows, depending on how <laughs> how that path goes for you, you know a couple can be really important. And it also then gives parents an opportunity to check in about what kind of home life they really want and what kind of work life they really mm. want so that through mm. that first year of parenthood they can keep checking in with each other because it's such a loaded time with identity changes from you know yourself as a partner a parent as an employee all of those aspects of you are changed and thrown up into the air so it's a really important opportunity to grab and sort of really check in who wants to do what kind of work and how they can balance it together mm. Mm. I mean, I guess the other thing is too the increasing pressures financially. The cost of living just continues to rise, but yet our salaries are just not increasing, um, you know, in alignment with that um, and even just housing and everything else. So in, in your experience, I mean, have you noticed um, that, that, you know, the increasing cost of living and financial pressures on dads is actually le- leaving them feel, I guess, feelings of anguish and discouragement at all or not? Because it is now more of a 50-50 sort of scenario, as you acknowledged earlier, that the parenting roles have changed and this is now uh, part of the new norm. I don't know. I just like no, to I mean, I think topic dads here. still feel the pressures of mm. providing um, financially, yeah. I guess, especially when you go down to one income often when you first have a baby as well. But I think there's more room for flexibility in different ways of working out the financial arrangements, possibly, if the women are working as well right up to it. And, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, women weren't working. They were often put in that childcare sort of arrangement most of the time. So there's maybe more flexibility. But I think there is still financial strains and it depends, you know, what's happened. I mean, it can be really hard for people and women to stop work and, and be at home. Um, yeah. They might go back to work earlier and get some sort of subsidised childcare, you know, if they've got financial strain as well, as well. then the guy will have to continue to work. Mm, yeah. But Especially in your if view, the then, doesn't have friendly, sort of family-friendly policies. Mm. Yeah. Well, in your view then, how can dads best overcome, I guess, those feelings of um, money worries when providing for their family then? Well, I think um, I think having open dialogue with your partner just so that they are aware that you are feeling that strain um, because I think that's really key. Mm. <laughs> There's an assumption that, um, like you said earlier, Rachel, of just like that men kind of get on and they're sort of steeled and they do their thing and um, and maybe for for, um, for the primary carer to just be checking in with their partner to see how they're going with their workload. But also finding out what your rights are with flexible working. Um, 
I think I, I've got the um, a little link to, to where, where you can have a look and see what options there are with flexible working so that hours can change possibly as opposed to just only working from home. Um, but that flexible working might open up different different ways of approaching the workday so that you're potentially working fewer hours but over more days, including the weekends or whatever, but just a more manageable routine. Um, and talking with your employer, yeah, you know about the best ways to sort of manage that as well. Yeah, but it's a it's a it is a real pressure that mm. that um, that men carry, and mm. um, we acknowledge that. And um, I think it just has to be, you know, re we really just focus on openness and and talking to peers as well, talking to other dads to see how they're making it work mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So in your article, um, you share your top five tips uh, to support um, parents and, and new dads in this uh, scenario. I'd love for you to, to go through and just maybe share some of them now. So the first one is learning to switch gears, um, which is really difficult. It's like having a boundary between work and home and being sort of um, conscious of that. <clears throat> and so you don't take the, the work stress home with you. So maybe having a break in between or getting off a train station one more than you need to or making sure there's a walk in between uh, work and home um, and, you know, putting your phone down and, and maybe not checking emails for a bit just so you can reconnect with what's happening at home when you get back, see how everyone's day was. Um, so I think the first tip is, is pretty much that and how to sort of switch off a bit from work and be more involved in, in family life when you go home but it's easier said than done. So it's just finding some transition point between the two. Um, and the second one is learning to log off, which is a bit of what I said before, which is really just turning emails off, having your phone like off the dinner table <laughs> so you can actually just be a bit more present maybe with your partner and what's what's been happening during the day and, and logging off from social media as well, especially if it's sort of unhelpful social media or just a bit of, you know, there are some that are just such time-wasting ones that you can spend forever. I mean, some people use it. <laughs> to sort of relax a bit, but you might find like a whole hour's gone past and all you've been doing is sort of scrolling through things and, mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's something else you can do that might help bolster your mood better, you know, than doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and the, our third point in the article is talking it over, and I guess that speaks to what we were talking about just earlier, like raising, raising concerns with your employer, finding out what your... Um, what your options are with flexible working, linking in with your HR manager and just finding out how other people within your workplace have managed the transition to parenthood um, and, you know, um, trying to think about creative ways of managing your workday. So, for example, um, if you do know that you've got limited time and, and the transition back to home, you, you're going to get off a stop early. Um, that's a great sort of break. But also you want to add your exercise into the day, so maybe use your lunchtime to do that. And it just shifts gears for you mentally, but you're also getting your exercise in. Um, and so you're making your work day sort of work for you as well. Um, and then our fourth point is organised reinforcements, which we are all about. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the moment, a lot of people are coming through our service who don't have the luxury of in-laws and extended family because they're very isolated here in Australia from their families uh, abroad. Um, and we have really noticed an increase in that. What we can hope with that is that 
other types of community start to build up and that we all start reaching out to um, maybe kind of like how it was you know, some time ago when we actually check in on our neighbours or our mother's groups do become more important. And with that, you know, suggesting to dads that if, you, if your partner is in a mother's group, why don't you set up a WhatsApp group with the dads in that group and so that you can create your own community because we need reinforcements, mm. we need external we need support, we need a village. <laughs> um, the village. And we have, mm. we have. So, um, you know, finding ways of, of getting external reinforcement and also with that if you can afford any kind of like like a treat, like a cleaner, even if it's once a month or getting food delivered, mm. just finding creative ways to make life easier for you and your partner as well. Yeah, yeah and very, I think very that is keeping life simple, isn't it? Totally, yeah. Try to keep life simple as possible when you've got all these extra stresses and demands on you um, and work out what you can let, put to the side, you know, and what you need to address, I guess, yeah. prioritising. I think it's about sort of making a commitment to wanting to to have those memorable moments in your life and and having a life where you do have some flexibility, some freedom and some like peace of mind, I think, and where we can buy time, buy some buy some buy some time, as you said, to get a cleaner. Um, mm. there's a lot of great babysitting apps and all kinds of things like that out there that can help you find some support. Um, because it's I think it's really important also to consider the fact that you need to have that connection with your partner also, because which is something that we all know um can um sort of uh, suffer a little bit um definitely when you've got uh, you know children and and young children at that in the household. Mm. So what are your thoughts on that in particular? I think partners feel that particularly because they may have been the focus before the baby, and then all of a sudden the baby is the focus. So you know, and some guys find that very hard mm. to sort of. Make that change in dynamics. Yes. And I think the last point in the article too is just anticipating the chaos or almost knowing that it's going to be one of the hardest times in terms of um, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, it's just going to be tough juggling everything. So just do what you can, keep life simple and have realistic expectations about what you think it's going to be like and talk to your partner, like Amelia was saying, like keep the communication open as possible and talk before you have this baby about what do you think life's going to be like and how are we going to manage this and sort of create some ideas. I think the focus. Yeah, Mm. expectations. It's it's a huge one. And then if you have really high unrealistic ones, it just leads or can lead to such disappointment. So try to keep it real. Yeah, Mm. I think it's just wonderful everything you've just mentioned and it's highlighted in the article. As you mentioned, it's about making that commitment to wanting to have, uh, I guess, a better work-life balance and and what resources are available just with some simple planning and structure. As you said, to have a ritual of getting off the the train, um, you know, maybe at one station earlier and enjoying that brisk walk and that fresh air to put you into a a nice sort of clear frame of mind when you arrive home and then when you are home to to log off um, and just be present with um with your family members as well um communication you've reinforced is extremely important within the household and in in, inside uh the household with your partner um and on, on the flip side of that on the outside you know what is the support village that is supporting you um through uh, friends and family through social um, groups the kindergarten all those things and if not there are options out there to be able to help support you so thank you for 
re um i guess establishing all of those things but also as you say in your in your last point anticipate the, the chaos so um you know know that it's not going to be easy but once again with, with some planning all of these things can can support so i just wanted to, to to establish you know is there any other common concerns that you've actually um experienced dads having when juggling work life uh balance and family is there anything else that we should maybe well, I think they sometimes worry about missing out on connecting with their children if if work is really full on or maybe they have their own business in the hours you know like they work right up until dinner and they might have dinner with the family if they're lucky and not everyone can manage that and then they go back to working again so they might have worries about just not connecting with their baby or child and, and missing out on some of those sort of day-to-day activities um, and the change in dynamics we've talked about and the physical health drops I think some guys worry about that as well and maybe just less time with mates you know less time for themselves mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I think sort of what Chris was saying about that sort of the concern about maybe connecting with the baby and um you know f- as we said a little bit earlier feeling a little bit on the outer because obviously um, potentially the man was or the, the partner was the focus of the of the mum's attention before baby came along. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, trying to think about little ways that dad can um, build in a little bit of a routine with the baby. So maybe it's dad that does bath time or um, just one of those really special moments that they can sort of share and have a little mm-hmm. bit of routine together um, and build that relationship and, and create some special moments between the two of them um can be really really lovely and beautiful for for mum because then she gets a little bit of a break as well oh and the more involved they are the more oxytocin they release so that's like <laughs> immediately I, I always love <laughs> I always love these great these things it's phenomenal that the body responds to it so it's not just women who get like a, um, hormonal changes men too men get a drop in testosterone after a baby is born often um, and also an increase in oxytocin. So all of those things combined together help attachment, um, which I think is just beautiful that the body is sort of ready to do it. And some people, it does take a while for that to develop, the same with women, um, but the body is sort of ready and anticipating that. So I love that. And the more involved that that men or, or dads are with their children, we know that long-term research shows that they are sort of more healthily functioning young children and maybe less aggression and better social skills. And so there's there's such wonderful reasons that we want dads involved. And it's not just for their own mental health or, or their partners, it's also for their children's emotional well-being and to to give them the best shot at, at um, you know, having a good life and feeling good about themselves. Yeah, it's also it's such a good reminder and as well that, you know, there's that they they are crucial to the family development and to the the well-being of their child and I think that also may help at times um, balance out that concern people have around finances all those really Mm. practical things Mm. and actually just stepping back for a moment and and thinking well actually having connection with my child that that is one thing I know can provide and I know that's going to have ongoing and long-term impact um, for my family Um, and it might just, you know, diminish, I guess, in some ways, the sort of day-to-day pressures that are there um, or feeling like, you know, trying to feel like they are um, 
they should be included in this process because often there is a sense for dads, I think, that they are excluded, potentially sometimes even quite ostracised um, in the certainly through pregnancy and, and sometimes through the birth process as well. Um, so we want to try and find ways of, of including dads and, and helping them feel confident to do that. Mm-hmm. Well said. Um, the last thing I just wanted to touch on was just um, burnout, which is um, everybody can experience at different times, but I just wanted to see if you just um, on topic about work-life balance and and all of the things that encompass modern parenting with um, <laughs> maybe not as much support network and all of those things. And burnout is, is terrible um, to experience and especially when, you know, you do have the pressures of, of balancing work on top of it. So I just wanted to just maybe just ask you just to expand on how and we should maybe um, prevent what, what what measures can we put in place to help sort of stop that from happening? Well, burnout is very real, isn't it? And it's got depression and anxiety symptoms within that. And people just, if it's really bad, they can't function. So I guess it's like any sort of other distress in that you and Amin and I'll come up with some ideas together but really being in tune with how you're going and putting in some um some strategies before it gets to that point mm-hmm. that they are burnt out so it's mm-hmm. like taking some time out when you can and, and being open with your partner if you need a break or talking to your employer about more flexible options if that's a possibility yeah. So you may have the travel time every day, you know, and working from home. Like I think there's a lot more options to sort of try and make life a bit more flexible that we've all had to sort of, inc- you know, that we've all had to sort of manage. And some of those have been really positive, I think. Mm. I think, I mean, what Kristen said is exactly on point really. And I think um, it is really about prevention, isn't it? Um, but often... Mm particularly at this time, um, it can be really hard to preempt because there's to find those spaces between can be really difficult. And giving ourselves permission to have those spaces between work and home life um, is is key. And I think we we all sort of have this sense of guilt or that we, you know, we need to drop one thing and run to the other. And I don't know if I mean that's certainly my experience. I can't speak for everyone, but actually giving myself permission to find those spaces between is really important and um, recognising that um, being a parent is has a workload associated with it. So we go to work and we are fortunately, you know, paid to go to work and then we come home and there's the mix of with parenting the, the beautiful kind of connection and the love and the fun times that dads can provide and things, but there is also this sense of, of work you know there are responsibilities and um and so if we've got to go from one work environment to another environment that can feel like there's quite Mm. a heavy workload how do we find that break between rather than just assuming they're quite they're asking Mm. different things of us from one environment to the next Mm -hmm. so is it about single dads you know with single dads as well that you know, maybe on the times if custody is sort of shared, maybe the times where they don't have the children, that's the time that they really focus on a bit of self-care, um, going out with their mates or whatever makes them feel good and upping the exercise if they can during that time. Or, you know, maybe even working harder in that time in some ways or smarter, working smarter. And then so when they have the children, they're free, mm. more free to be with them and do more kid-related sort of stuff. Mm, so, um 
I think that's an important thing as well. And I think also if there are families that are separated, I think one of the key things is that both parents have a reasonable relationship and, and they don't have as much conflict. They try to lessen the conflict as much as possible so the kids don't have to um, cope with that. So whether they have stuff, they sort it out away from the kids and they don't talk you know, badly about the other parent. Like all of those things are really important too. And I think um, dads will benefit, if we're just talking about dads today, dads will benefit from better relationships with their children if they're able to sort of manage the relationship with their partner in a reasonable way as well. Yeah. I think in any instance, prevention is always better than the cure. And I think like anything, if we, you know, make a decision to constantly eat healthy because we want our bodies to be healthy, we have to make a commitment if we want to have a a healthy lifestyle and work-life balance and all of the the wonderful things that we can experience um, in life and to be a better parent, to be the best dad that you can be, you have to make a commitment to be able to have that exchange of energy and you know, you've got to put the energy in as much as you're putting the energy out. So I think it's about having that commitment of saying, well, as you just acknowledged earlier, you know, a job has got the the demands. Yes, we get paid and that's wonderful. And there's all of these demands at home also. Um, and that's all putting energy out and it's, it's acknowledging at what point does that sort of come back in and sort of top up your cup, I think. So that's Thank you for sharing that information. It's 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 food food for thought because a lot of the time we do just get to that point. And you're like, I am I'm just burnt out, and it's like you know, it's it's not that it's too late at that point, but these things can be prevented. You just need to take some time out for yourself and 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 be you kind to yourself. You know, mm-hmm. take time out, but also know. And with, there are lots of supports out there for dads mm-hmm. um, and partners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, on that, I just wanted to establish a little bit about the Gidget Foundation and how you can sort of help dads. Now, my, it's my understanding that you're a not-for-profit organisation um, and in you know in um, general terms that you exist more so to promote the emotional well-being for expectant parents and new parents and also just to uh, raise awareness um, of, um, you know, uh, postnatal depression amongst women and their families. Is, is that right? Absolutely, you you summed it up beautifully there. Um, uh, so so how we provide that service is um, we've got a, f- a few different avenues, but the primary one for us is um, via our Gidget houses, and these Gidget houses are located um, in three states at this stage, um, yep. and we offer um, psychological support for expectant and new parents experiencing Wonderful. mild to moderate um, perinatal depression and or anxiety. Um, We also support parents um, who are going through the assisted conception um, period, um, loss um, and um, birth trauma as well. So um, our service is available to mums and dads and with a GP referral and a mental health care plan, uh, people can access up to... um, normally 10 but currently with COVID um, we can uh, provide up to 20 free psychological sessions um, to support parents so it's an amazing service we're so fortunate that you know we've got the funding through Medicare at the moment to provide it via telehealth as well um, to all parents Um, having said that um, in 2018 we had already set up a telehealth service so that was um, in aim to support parents in regional and rural Australia 
um, in parts of Australia where we weren't able to open a location um, or, you know, indeed, like in the middle of Australia, we've had people travelling across Australia in caravans and all sorts of amazing experiences <laughs> as new and expectant parents. And we've been able to offer them telehealth services um, since 2018 via our Start Talking program. Again, that is a free service. So um, we, we have very broad outreach for people now. Okay, and we'll have all those links as, um, in the show notes um, and it's an incredible service. Uh, it must be very rewarding work also for you lovely ladies, no doubt, as well. <laughs> so yeah, a beautiful organisation to work for. It's pretty intense work, but it's really um, very rewarding. It's lovely when you see people feeling better and connecting with their babies or, you know, just enjoying parenthood a bit more, yep. um, you know, eventually once they work through some stuff as well. Oh, wonderful. It's as I said, we'll have a – go. Yep. <laughs> oh, sorry, Rachel. I was just going to say, look, it's also a really reassuring thing, I think, for people to hear that maybe having a tough time that – um, with with intervention, some some early intervention, ideally, but but any treatment, um, this this is a treatable and temporary experience, perinatal depression or anxiety. So it doesn't have to be your entire experience of parenthood. You mm. can get support through us and other um, avenues, which we can provide some resources for as well. Um, but yeah, brilliant. Like yeah. No, 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 so no. we also have a um a Facebook a Gidget virtual village which just set up for mums and for, and for dads they have a separate little one. There's that little pamphlet so they can join the Facebook page. Yeah. Um and that's moderated by our staff here as well. But it's a really lovely non-judgmental place for dads to share you know what's happening in their day or to ask for advice about stuff. So that's something that that any of the dads can do as well out there. Okay. Mm. Well, we'll have all of those um, links in the show notes. And thank you again. So I just wanted to summarise, if you could, um, just what the key messages uh, are from our chat today and what you want, I guess, all the listeners and, and, and to be able to walk away from uh, and take. So I think the main message is let's look after our dads, um, you know, emotional well-being really and the modern day dad can contribute to the family's well-being in so many ways as well as trying to look after their own um, and the more healthy relationships they can have with themselves and and others around them um, which will will put them in really good stead for enjoying life and, and enjoying parenthood more and that there are resources out there so please if if it's being really difficult and really tough um, get in touch with us at Gidget Foundation or we will you'll very kindly, thank you, Rachel, put up some of our other resources as well. Absolutely. Amelia and Chris, thank you both for your time. It's been a really insightful um, conversation today and uh, once again, hope for the opportunity to chat with you both again in the future. But until then, stay safe and take care. You too. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kiddypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kiddypedia by visiting our website at kiddypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.